chip on the floor, man. Some neighbors are saying way too loud. Welcome in, everybody, to a brand new episode of the world-famous Loose Lugnuts podcast, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan. I'm Evan Roberts, joined alongside my partner, Thomas Dick. We hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. We had two pretty solid races up in uh, Wisconsin at Road America with the Xfinity and Cup Series races. Before we get into our recap of both of those races, Tommy, how was your weekend? You know, it was good. I have all my appendages. Um, as a kid, uh, I wanted to be a pyrotechnician. And uh, on career day, I went out to Cedar Point, um, the amusement park, world famous amusement park. And I met the um, pyrotechnician out there. And when I went to shake his hands, he only had three fingers. And then I changed my mind. And uh, then I wanted to be something different. And now look at you. Now you're the host of a world famous NASCAR podcast. Yeah. You know, just putting some mane and tail on my hair. Uh, some of the best conditioner you'll find. And, the... and hopefully soon you can get some uh, eight ball chocolate whiskey in your. That's what we're looking for. We know people in corporate. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our recaps first with the Xfinity race. Uh, we had some qualifying beforehand. So it was Ty Gibbs and Austin Cindric up on the front row. And then a little disclaimer, uh, us people in Texas, we had some bad weather rolling in and the severe weather warning covered up how many laps, what lap they're on and how many laps are left. Okay. I was wondering if you had that too, because I like my YouTube pulls it out of Waco. So I was getting Waco local TV and yeah, there was a, I can never know what lap it was. Yeah. So we may be off on a couple laps, but I confirmed with the uh, report whenever anything major happened. like caution yeah, well, And I was making check marks like the castaway guy, you know, every time the cars would go around, which is about once a year. So, <laughs> all right. So let's get to it with stage one of the Xfinity Reese. Ty Gibbs uh, takes the lead on the start, followed by AJ Allmendinger. And then Allmendinger schools Gibbs on lap three and takes the lead. Uh, we see Noah Gregson, who had started uh, near the back in 36. He's charged all the way up by lap six. Yeah, and then uh, he, he looked like he was going to be in the fray all day. And it's funny because last road course, or mid-Ohio, I think that was the last one, he, he told the people the day before, he's like, I'm a road course warrior. And then he didn't even make it through turn two. Um, but he made it through turn two here, and he was charging hard. So um, then – so he makes his way, moves up 22 spots all the way to 14. And then uh, on lap eight, we get a restart, and Ty Gibbs changes lane before the start line on the restart, forces a three wide like Almendinger did at mid-Ohio. Is that dirty racing, or is that just road course racing? I don't know. I am trying to figure out if that is dirty racing. If it is, we'll have to ask the expert on whether or not that is dirty racing, which back at mid-Ohio, that was Ty Gibbs. But anyhow, NASCAR thought it was shady. They gave him a penalty for it. And then on that restart, we see Kyle Busch spin out, but he saves it. Almondanger would take the stage one victory. He is flying. It looks like the best dog in show. He is followed by Austin Sendrick, Jeb Burton, Justin Haley, and Noah Gregson. So Gregson moves up uh, to fifth uh, in stage one after starting 36th. Yeah, and then something we'll see in both races, but for different reasons, uh, A.J. Allmendinger loses a lot of uh, spots on his first pit stop. Uh, this one, um, 
I think they knocked off the lug nuts that were glued on. So then they had to redo them by hand. And yeah, uh, Chris Rice uh, scolded his crew after that. And Who's the crew uh, it was great. Chris Rice. Uh, I know he's the director of stuff at um, at Colic. So yeah, he's over all three teams. So director right. of racing, I think. The uh, Austin Tindrick and Noah Gregson stayed out in front. They did not pit, but then Daniel Hemrick, who did pit, passes both of them, and he takes the lead on lap 13 as we get stage two underway. Yeah, it looks like uh, Hemrick is going to uh, join. You could tell early on that Almondinger, Sindrick, Gregson, and uh, possibly Ty Gibbs uh, are, are the, the ones to beat. And a guy named, who's that other guy that was in the race? What was it, Kyle Bush? Yeah, those are the guys that look like they're going to win um, early on. And then we get another caution on lap 14. Sam Meyer uh, has an incident which forces Gregson, uh, Michael Annette, and Austin Cindric to pit. Yep. Um, Hemrick and Allgaier are out front on the restart, but lap 16, Hemrick wheel hops and uh, – it, it lets everybody through. It's like a sieve. All guys, Snyder, Almondinger, Kyle Bush, all blow by Hemrick. And um, he looked like he was in it, and then he wasn't. And then uh, on lap 18, Kyle Bush gets off the track on the kink, but he saves it, something that we saw uh, earlier where he had spun on the restart, saved it. He saves it here. And then also on lap 18, uh, Almondinger passes Justin Allgaier for the lead. Crew chief leaves it up to him whether he pits or not. Yeah, and Almondinger, he says no, he wants that playoff point. Funny thing about Kyle Bush, he was in the grass more than Cheech and Chong uh, on Saturday, but uh, he'll find a way to be in it at the end somehow. And then uh, you noticed this uh, more than I did. Ty Gibbs was very aggressive when racing other uh, Joe Gibbs racing cars. Yeah, it was back-to-back laps, both when he was racing Harrison Burton and he was uh, racing Brandon Jones. He put his car in places that if it wasn't Ty Gibbs's or uh, Joe Gibbs's grandson in the car, I think Harrison or Brandon like punts him, pushes him into the grass, knocks him into the gravel or whatever. But because uh, <laughs> their owner's grandson's in the car, they sort of let him have the lane he wanted, which makes him look like a superhero. But yeah, I wonder how old, uh, how long before that gets old. And maybe the last week one of them's in their contract, they might uh, go find the grandson and give him a whooping. And, and, Did you uh, notice that or am I the only no, one? Like, you know, I, I noticed it, but I'm glad that you pointed it out. Because then I went back and rewatched it and I'm like, because mm. he was sticking his nose in the in the places he shouldn't have. Yeah. And yeah. And he does that a lot in the ARCA races and the other ARCA cars are afraid to mess him up. But you know what? If you get a, a Robbie Gordon or a Tony Stewart, which eventually he's going to run into someone like that, they're just going to – they're it won't end pretty. Well, they'll teach him a trick or two. <laughs> yeah. So we get to the end of Stage 2, and it is A.J. Allmendinger uh, taking away the win once again. He is followed by Justin Allgaier, Daniel Hemrick, Justin Haley, and Kyle Busch. It's looking like Allmendinger's pretty strong. I mean, he's the best dog in the show. Uh, it appears he has the fastest car. And of all the guys in the race, he looks like the best road driver. I mean, I'm ready to, to get it by uh, Dinger in Wisconsin shirt or Dinger cheese or something like the Dinger in Vegas shirt. I'm, I'm online ordering. I got my credit card out. 
ready to get that shirt because it's going to look badass. Just AJ Allmendinger uh, just gnawing on a piece of a cheese. They always show Swiss cheese for like Wisconsin. I don't know that they make Swiss up there, but he's going to be gnawing on some sort of wedge of cheese uh, just to show how he owned Wisconsin. But wait, during the stage break, he goes into pit and his crew is over the wall too soon. That's a penalty and puts him to the back. How does this happen? How, how do you do, like, you have the fast, like, it was the fastest car. He was the best driver that you don't need that half second or that second or that two seconds or that three seconds. Like, I don't get how that happens. Do you? No. But that's why we just talk about it and we're not there. Man, you're always setting me up to be the angry guy, like shaking <laughs> my fist. Yelling at clouds. No, I mean, it, it essentially ruined his day. That was yeah, and it's day. it's just needless. Like, so what if he gets passed by a car or two? You know what? How many laps AJ Allmendinger at Road America needs to pass two cars? Not many. Not many. Half a lap, maybe. You know, if it's the right two cars. I don't get it. So he uh, takes the penalty. Justin Allgaier out front with Cindric on the hunt. Cindric ends up passing Allgaier on lap 24. And then on lap 28, Spencer Pumpley goes. No brakes. No brakes. <laughs> he goes dumpster diving into the tires and makes everybody pit. And we start to see some strategy play out. Well, it is funny because that wreck, because they first they show you the car on the tires and you're like, how did it end up there? That must have been like a crazy crash. But like he like slow his back end. I mean, he went in full speed, but him getting his back end up onto the top of the tire uh, pile looked like it was in slow motion and it wasn't as violent as it appeared. But it's like, how the hell? Like you see the the pictures of the cars up in the tree. <laughs> uh, during hurricanes and it's like how the hell did his car get on top of these tires but there it was so that ends his day uh we see daniel hemrick he's run a great race he also suffers a pet penalty where his uh jack man over the wall uh too soon he comes back in takes new tires off puts old tires on that's a bold strategy cotton we'll see if it pays off yeah that was that was weird and they mentioned like uh, I'm confused in the timing because I understand like, but the fact is he had to come back to pit again to put the old tires on. So unless there's a yellow, which I guess they're saying there'd be a yellow, that was a crazy strategy, but I don't know if it paid off. Where'd he finish? I lost my results. Uh, Hemrick finished second. Oh shit. Then it did pay off. Good for oh. him. That pit crew's uh, that pit cre uh, <laughs> chief. He's as smart as the, uh kevin james in the netflix hit series the crew yeah so we restart on lap 29 brandon jones is out front but he doesn't just lock up once he locks up twice i think he even locked up a third time but <laughs> yeah he was and they kept it was in the same exact spot every time and they're like yeah once your tires and stuff are effed up it's gonna happen every time so he was looking good and now he's not and then uh austin cindrick passes him on lap 31 Five laps later, Ty Gibbs is now out of the race. He blew his transmission, and we bring out the yellow, and this is where the fun starts. Yeah, um, this restarts. Uh, Gregson starts out front, uh, lap 38. They end up going three wide, and there's lots of car. Uh, oh, there's an accident. Yeah, well, there's because two accidents. 
Well, yeah, because they uh, they had to go three wide because Preston Pardis, who's a road course warrior, apparently not a restart uh, warrior, he looks like he's going 40 miles an hour. Everyone else is going 70. They get an accordion effect going, which causes them to go three wide for like the next turn and a half, two turns. And it's just a mess. And a lot of cars are in the accident. We got Snyder, Allgaier, Harrison Burton, Sindrick, uh, Ryan Sieg, Cody Ware. Cody Ware, uh, he took three. He went for the triple crown and he, uh, he took out four signs, uh, weather tech signs. But yeah, it was a mess. And it was all, and we'll hear about Preston Partis in a little bit, but it was all because he didn't fire off and it just caused havoc behind him. But see, I'm still thinking Gregson was a little bit part of the problem too because he took, he was on the, I guess the outside lane, and Almondinger was behind him both times, and you could see he got right up on him. And so I don't know if Gregson was having a little trouble firing off too, and that kind of caused it. But I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to part this a pardon, but it might have just looked like it because he was going. Pardis was going so slow, so that was the car. Like I even slow moded to say. Who was that guy who was a football field behind the car ahead of him? And, it, yeah, it was Pardis. So then we restart again with six to go. Uh, Pardis is starting on the third row, offers zero resistance on the restart, and Kyle Busch basically just goes around him pretty easily. Like, he, like Kyle Busch knew that Pardis was going to be terrible on the restart, and he just went around him pretty easily and oh. got past him before the first turn. He did what everyone else should have done on that last accident. And Kyle Busch was by him within 50 yards past the starting line he blew by him that fast um he timed it up better than ty gibbs did back earlier in the race when he got the penalty because it was the second he crossed the finish line he went to the right of him and just blew by him yeah so with bush on the fresh tires has no real challenger almondinger leads lap 40 and then bush leads the last five to get his victory i think he's now four for four in xfinity oh he is he is um, my thing, Brett Moffitt has a big accident near the track. His tail end of his car is actually sitting in the gravelly dirt within two, three feet of the uh, track. And they don't throw a yellow flag. Like they're like, that's not in the main driving lane. Well, guess what? The wall wasn't in the main driving lane either. <laughs> and he ended up hitting that. And I, I always you ever watch Lethal Weapon 2? I think I no. asked you this before. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. There's a scene where he's uh, – there's a car with a surfboard on top of it in front of the car, and it um, – something happens where the, the car has to stop real quick, and the surfboard flies backwards into the head of the car behind him. And, like, I'm wondering, what if that tail end, the Brett Moffitt's car did that to – I use Quinn Hauf but he wasn't in the race. So what if that's Preston Pardis? Like, do we want Brett Moffitt's tailgate to go through Preston Pardis's head? Cause that could have happened. I think a better, analogy, been some final... I think a better analogy would have been the final destination Two movie scene where the logs go through the windshield off the truck. And then now every time you see like a logging truck, that's all you think about. And well, I, every time I, I see I, a surfboard, I think of lethal weapon Two and how much I really see. You how much I hate middle America. How many surfboards do you see? How much I hate diplomatic immunity. All the people going down the Corpus Christi have one for those two foot waves out there. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, 
but they, it's like NASCAR wanted Preston Partis to die in those last three laps. So we have Kyle Busch, our winner. Daniel Hemrick finishes second. Michael Annette's third. AJ Allmendinger fourth. Harrison Burton fifth. Kevin Harvick sixth, who quietly, uh, he didn't finish in the top 10 in either stages. He comes away with a sixth place finish. Uh, Riley Herbst seventh. Austin Cendrick eighth. Noah Gregson ninth. And Justin Haley rounds out the top 10 as we look at the point standings. Not much action going on. Gregson 10th and Annette 11th. Um, they're kind of more secure. They didn't really change in the lineup. They are 88 points and 67 points clear, respectively. Yeah, Jeremy Clements and the Booze Pops car. I believe he lost a little bit of ground. Um, he's 33 spots clear of Brandon Brown. Uh, Riley Herbst, who had a pretty good finish. He, he finished in the top 10, right? Uh, Riley Herbst, yes, he finished seventh. Yeah, I mean, he had all those races where he was running in the top 10 and didn't get a top 10 finish. He got one here. He's now 43 behind. What do they got left? They got one race? Or no, no, I'm thinking trucks. They got they got nine races. They got plenty of time. He's got plenty of time to get back in it. So headed in the right direction. Big points days for A.J. Allmendinger. He secured 53 points in his fourth place finish. Daniel Hemrick got 48 points, um, and then uh, Austin Sendrick and Justin Haley each got 41 points. So that was the Xfinity race on Sunday. We had some excitement before the race. We had uh, a little bit of, I wouldn't say controversy with qualifying, but there were some guys that definitely got screwed, the big names, uh, Chase Elliott and Chase Briscoe. Didn't really get a good qualifying session in. They got hit with a couple red flags because some cars in their group um, got into an accident. So they started from the rear. We saw William Byron and Kyle Larson uh, qualify. They were in the front row. Some other people to the rear were Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, and Kyle Busch. Yeah, a lot of big names in the back. Uh, I think Quinn Howe got put to the back too. So a lot of cars in the back. Um... Then we get in the pre-race, and uh, I'm going to be honest, I missed this part. So, oh, my gosh. How did you, there's a 12-year-old girl that sang the national anthem, and she absolutely killed it. Like, it got me all fired up. I was already fired up because it was 4th of July. Hadn't cracked open an ice-cold bush light yet, but this lady wanted me to. Like, it was pretty patriotic. Probably the best one of the year. There we go. And then did you see – so I knew it was going to be a good day after that, and then they start showing the crowd – and there was two Kyle Larson fans, and the guy gets down on one knee, asks the lady with an arm sleeve tattoo uh, to, uh, for her hand in marriage. She says yes. They start crying. They kiss. Beautiful moment. And I can't think of anything more romantic uh, than asking your the love of your life to marry you at a NASCAR race on 4th of July. Well, and they say Virginia is for lovers, but I would put Wisconsin being up there for lovers too. Yeah. Um, with all that cheese and beer, and they got real good Bavarian pretzels. Um, I haven't seen, has Kyle Larson had any social media interaction with those two yet? I have not seen. We'll have to look for that. We'll retweet it if he did. I feel like he should invite him to like one of his dirt races, maybe outside of Nashville for her bachelorette party. Oh, there you go. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, Nashville, that's where bachelorettes go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, if it's too steamy in Austin, you know, (laughs) the worst thing to get on a, bachelorette weekend the swamp ass (laughs) all right so let's get into stage one of the race on that note uh we have william byron kyle larson and aj allmendinger are the ones that are out front 
Lap three, we get our first caution, and this one kind of stung. Daniel Suarez, he had been uh, trending upward lately, but he is out of the race pretty early on. Yeah, I mean, he was riding high going to the race. He was getting back into the points fray. Um, all that good news from track house and uh, like they had to be pretty psyched up for this race. And then it wasn't, it didn't take him completely out of the race. He was able to uh, finish 37th. He ran 42 laps out of the 62, but effectively ending his day three laps in Ryan priest. He goes into the garage on lap six and his playoff is a fading dream. Yeah, week three or four or five, we mentioned him as the surprise of the year. And surprise, he's not anywhere near the top 20. And then uh, Austin Sendrick, Martin Truex Jr., Matt DiBenedetto, uh, Bush and Amarola Pitt. Uh, and then uh, Tilly, he goes into the – Kyle Tilly goes into the gravel. And they didn't really, like, call pull out the caution when he went in because they thought he could get out. And I'm like, dude, half of his tires in this gravel. Like, there's no way in hell he's getting out of here. Yeah, and he's from England. So I personally was surprised he didn't gravel, uh, drive into the gravel earlier since he was on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> well, steering wheel's on the right side. Oh, okay. And then – so – this probably pissed you off more than anybody. They make them race three yellow car laps on a four mile track for a guy that just went into the gravel. There was no like real damage or no, like, no damage village uh, before they go finish the stage and then open up the pits. So they basically started the race back up on July 5th. <laughs> they literally like there was two solid laps of racing. They left the, I don't know. But then, so like the point is, is that these guys that already pitted, they pitted early. These other guys haven't, but they haven't run any green flag. Yeah, they basically got four, four free laps on their tires. Um, I don't know. I just, like I went and I, like I put a, a brisket in the smoker for eight hours and I came back and they were starting stage two. So we see stage one come to an end finally, and it was William Byron, AJ Allmendinger, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, and Ross Chastain making his way up to the front. And then also uh, Chase Elliott, who had started 34th, he finished 10th in the stage. Now is this, I feel like this is the commercial or the, the break where did Jack Collinsworth, is this where he tried to take two bratwurst wieners I think so. at once? <laughs> like do, I think he, I mean, you're not supposed to judge a book by a cover, but I'm going to, because I think it's a good way to judge a book. Because if you're not going to put much effort in your cover, how much effort are you going to put into your book? But he doesn't dress like someone who eats bratwurst um, on a regular basis. I, if I had to put money on it, he spit those brats into the woods and went and got a kale salad. <laughs> he could have. Uh, I just feel like he sends off that vibe. It's weird that they they don't have the lovable Rutledge Wood doing that stuff. Yeah, he does the post-race studio show. So back to the race. They We start stage two, and we had heard on the broadcast that A.J. Allmendinger was having some issues with his uh, air hose that connects to his helmet. They can't really decide what to do. They were thinking about giving him some ice. He has, like, the cooling vest. 
Well, they try to fix his hose, and he also had a broken crush panel, which, to be honest, I'm just an average fan, so I don't really know what that is. But it sounds like it's not good for the car. He falls eight spots on the pit road. And for a guy that had dominated all day on Saturday and was looking pretty dominant on Sunday, this was a tough break for him. Well, and for for all the stuff that they worked on, though, like in retrospect, like as the race was going on, I was eating – uh, these shrimps I like to get from Kroger. They come in a little box for like five bucks. It makes me feel like I'm a royalty. But anyhow, like I'm eating that and I'm drinking my Coors Banquet. And I saw he dropped eight spots. I was like, that's a real shitty spot. Forgetting that, like just earlier, they talked about how he had his hose come off and whatnot. So all that stuff they tried to fix, it, it makes me surprised he actually only lost eight spots. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but he just got caught up in traffic. And once you get caught up in traffic, there's nowhere for you to go. Yeah. And then uh, this next thing, the only I pronounce Matt D. Benedetto's name 42 different ways. But looking at the rundown, I spell it 42 different <laughs> ways. Also, um, we get Cedric and, and Maddie D. out front um, and lap 19. Maddie D. passes uh, Cedric. And then lap 22, we got Denny Hamlin. What happened there? No brakes! <laughs> Brake failure and wheel hop. And he's looking hosed. Uh, he's sort of limping around. Um, Sindrick and uh, Kyle Bush passed Matty D with six to go in the stage. But right after that, Sindrick has issues, and he plummets and plummets and plummets. That puts Kyle Bush in the lead. That puts Austin Sindrick in the garage. And the one thing about this that I – Kind of, I don't know if I liked because I wanted uh, Matty D to win, but he noticed that he was losing, or he could tell that his tires were wearing down a little bit. And I don't know if you saw this, but they showed like his tire and it had a huge chunk missing from it. And it was like, uh, yeah, no shit, you're losing tire wear because you don't have half your tire anymore. Yeah, it was like a gremlin gnawed on the bottom of it. <laughs> and then with uh, four to go, Corey LaJoy uh, did some landscaping. He goes into the grass. He's able to save it and he you know, waits for some cars to turn around. And then like the way that his car was, his splitter dug into the ground and he took out like an acre of grass and just threw it onto the track and drove off. Yeah. He was in the grass more than Cheech and Chong. Um, <laughs> how about his helmet though? Did, yeah. How badass was that thing? That was pretty cool. If you didn't see it, it had uh, Tim Tebow. Uh, Mount, Rushmore, Mount Rushmore-ish scene on the back. Tim Tebow, Joe Rogan. Abe Lincoln, and who was the fourth one? George Washington? Fucking Dale Earnhardt Sr., man. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr., that's who it was. <laughs> or I just call him Dale Earnhardt. We'll have to put the explicit on there since you just used the F word. Oh, shit. Did I? <laughs> All right, so we uh, see some guys come into pit. Matt Benedetto, Chase Elliott, and A.J. Allmendinger among the most notable to pit with four to go. Then we see Kyle Busch and Martin Truex who are up near the front. They pit with three to go. And your guy, Martin Truex, gets a speeding penalty for the 42,069th time this year. Yeah, he's averaging 1.69 uh, pit penalties of varying – he's gotten every pit penalty you can get. Um, like I, you mentioned it Friday. I, is he mailing it in at this point? Do we? I mean, do, this was only his second top ten finish in the last eight races, I want to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, this race, he looked competitive. And then it's like, oh, I got to get, I forgot to get my uh, weekly pit penalty. 
and then he said, came out and said too that like if the next gen car isn't fun like he's done yeah and to me that kind of sounds like somebody that's kind of over it a little bit yeah i don't but, know I mean, he's had success this year so he's not like he's one of the stewart haas cars that hasn't won and like kind of barely in the playoffs just because he's a good driver like kevin harvick but like he's won and had success this year so yeah it's just the last five six races i feel like he he's either been a non-entity or when he's been in it he does something i don't want to call speeding penalty in the pits um stupid because i understand apparently they can't have a speedometer in the car um but yeah if it happens every week set your rpm tachometer thingy like a couple lights lower because it's happening every week and so with that tyler reddick wins stage two followed by william byron ross Chastain, kyle larson and kurt bush as we get to the final stage we see maddie d battling kyle bush early in the stage he takes the lap a lead on lap 33 Oh, I, you know, he was looking so good on the short runs. I put in a Dairy Queen order. Like I was trying to figure out what would fit on the top of the cake. And I was just going, Wood Bros, 100 wins. Like that's what Are they looking for their 100th win? Oh, yeah. I I thought we talked about it in the preview episode. We didn't actually. I thought about that yesterday. Oh, well, we need to do like special Twitter, like shorts. Uh, to talk about it if we forget to put it in the episode but yeah wood brothers is going for the 100th win and they they it looked like they might get it so i i like called up dairy queen i was like hey do you guys put stuff on top of the cakes if i come in they're like well it's fourth of july and we're a little overwhelmed with people wanting um, wood brothers ice cream cakes but we'll get yours in and i was like okay i want wood bros 100 wins and they're like okay and then on lap 38 we see Chase Elliott pass Matt De Benedetto. Yeah, so I called Dairy Queen back up and I canceled the order. And now they're not overwhelmed anymore. Now they're not overwhelmed anymore. So after but Hooters, Hooters is. Yeah, Hooters. We're starting to we go from Dairy Queen ice cream cake to thinking we might get some bogo wings as Chase Elliott takes the lead. But then also on lap thirty-eight, Ryan Blaine. They show Ryan Blaney. His hood is all messed up. And they don't know who he hit. They know he hit somebody. He doesn't know who he hit. And then the pit crew reporter, pit road reporter, asks his crew chief, and they're like, yeah, we have no idea who he hit. I, I so mean, how, how do you not know? This is a good time. Chief Wiggum uh, from The Simpsons will tell you he probably hit a ghost car. Dispatch, this is Chief Wiggum back in pursuit. Oh, my God, it just disappeared. It's a ghost car. <laughs> you always find the most random scenes from tv shows or comedy skits that we can put in the podcast i I mean it just it hit me as soon as like how do you not know who you hit there's like 42 to pick from and you're around uh, you either see um garrett smithley 72 times when you're passing him or you see um brad kozlowski 72 times because you are battling for the same spot like how do you not know who you ran into we'll never know and you rear-ended him it's not like you bumped him on the side you rear-ended the guy like he showed who the sponsor is yeah there should be a sponsor on the back you could be like oh that was mcdonald's if mike joy was on the call he probably would have blamed cody Ware. yeah so we move on fast pasta brings out the caution flag on lap 43 and at this point, we had seen Ryan Blaney and Eric Amarola in the pits. 
Yeah, they were in the pits. They sort of locked out. Not that Blaney was going to win the race after he hit. I don't know. He could have hit anybody. I was going to say, I'm not going to say the ghost of Tim Flock. We already had issues with Tim Flock being deceased in a prior episode. They did wait till stage two to show highlights from the night or yeah. photos from the night team. So I was impressed. Good job, NBC. So we restarted. Look, look, up, look, look up one day, look up Jocko Flacco. Who? Tim Flock back in the day used to. There was a uh, about five or six races. He had a, a monkey in the car with him as a co-pilot. It's some badass stuff, and we need to do a separate episode on. And the name of the monkey was Jocko Flacco. Interesting. All right, so we restart with seventeen to go. Bush is battling Amarola, which allows Chase Elliott to get into the fray and pass Bush a little bit later on. With twelve to go, the top six is the three Joe Gibbs Racing and three Hendricks cars. Yeah, it looks like we're having the two. We're having the the cars that are winning every race, and then Kyle Busch's team, who's got crappy cars that can't compete, uh, but they're going head to head, one through six. And then with six to go, Alex Bowman, you could Dale Jr. saw this coming up. He came in hot on the corner, and he spins out his teammate uh, Kyle Larson. You think they're going to fight? They're actually pretty good friends. Well, I thought they were. I just when it first happened, I thought they were going to fight, but then I found out. What happened to Alex Bowman? No breaks. <laughs> no breaks. Um, yeah. So, uh, but Bowman continues to race. Yeah. And there's five to go and a bunch of people pit thinking the yellow's going to come out, but it doesn't. So. Um, and then Dow Jr., he, he showed his true colors here. He would have left Bowman out on crappy tires with four laps left, which is 16 miles. That, to me, tells me he'd be an awful crew chief. Do you agree? Yes. He is also willing to, to as a driver, he said he'd be willing to have his tires blow up with four laps left to finish. I wrote six, but he was fading. He was going to finish in the 10, 11, 12 spot instead of 22nd while a teammate is running away with the race, like Chase Elliott was running away. But to save 10 spots, he'd be willing to risk that because that's what was best for him, which tells me not only a bad crew chief, an awful teammate. And it only would have gotten him about probably six, seven more points had he stayed out and finished in that area. Yeah, I mean, he finished 20, he finished 22nd. I like doing the math in my head. He probably finishes in the ton, the 12 range. And if the tire blows up, he doesn't even come close to any of that. Yeah. So then we see after that, we see Chase Elliott runs away with this thing, gets his seventh road course win. He now has 13 in his career. Christopher Bell with a very nice finish, finished second. Kyle Busch third, Kurt Busch fourth, and Denny Hamlin fifth. Chase Briscoe with a nice uh, sixth-place finish. Ross Chastain with a top-ten finish. He finishes the seventh. Tyler Reddick eighth. Martin Truex Jr. ninth. Matty D in tenth. Yeah. Um, so not a bad day for the Chip Ganassi boys. No, not at all. They uh, finished, what, they finished fourth and – Fourth and seventh. Fifth. Yeah. Wait, what you say? Fourth and seventh. Fourth and seventh. Yeah, that's what I got. Also a pretty good day for RCR. Um, Fedek finished eighth. 
Uh, Dylan was up there, and then I don't know what happened, but he finished eleventh. Yeah, so not too bad for them. Um, Chase Briscoe, big day for him after the you know starting from the back, and then he had a speeding penalty at the end of stage one too. So for the way that he battled back, didn't finish in the top ten in either stage, was able to come away with a sixth place finish. Yeah, a lot of people impressed, uh, and you know what? Two of the next three races are road course races, so uh, Christopher Bell looking good for him, getting back into the fray a little bit, maybe pull out a win. So as we look at these standings with six regular season races left to go, uh, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex, Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch, and Chase Elliott are the five drivers with multiple wins. William Byron, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Christopher Bell, and Michael McDowell are six drivers with one win. That gives us 11. Uh, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick are safe as you're going to get without a win. Uh, Hamlin is 352 points clear. Harvick, 153 points. And the big thing with Hamlin, even if he doesn't win the race, if he's a regular season points champion, he gets 15 playoff points. So we saw some hard racing between him and Kyle Larson. Yeah, right now is he not just three points ahead of Larson, I think? Yeah, three or five maybe? Somewhere in there. Yeah, single digits. Amazing considering he doesn't have a win. And then uh, you kind of mentioned the Richard Childress uh, racing boys. Austin Dillon's 98 points clear. Tyler Reddick, 75 points clear. I need a couple more top tens to sure things up, but they're looking pretty good. And then that final spot, Kurt Busch, only 25 points clear who was looking like he was in big, big trouble about three, four weeks ago. And they're like, he's not going to be able to race back in. He's going to need a win. The fact that he's 25 clear now, not only says he's racing well, but it says a couple of those guys that are chasing him have stumbled. Um, I'll let you name them. So you, like, I always get bad news. I feel like. Uh, below the cutoff is Chris Busher. He is in 17th. He has 25 points back. Ross Chastain, 69 points back. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 70 points back, and Matty D., 74 points back. Um, and then, as you mentioned, two of the next three races are road courses. The big thing that I just realized, Tyler Reddick had the most points out of anybody uh, this race with 46 points. He finished fourth in stage one, won stage two, and then finished eighth. There you go. I, uh, I'm i going to say, like, the way he's been running the last – couple the last month if ross chastain can finish a race i could see him winning i see they they look fast enough to win at times the last month i would not be shocked if he won if he was like this year's cole custer Hmm. unless michael mcdowell's already this year's cole custer we got to the first race but even like maddie d i mean you think he's gonna win a new hampshire which is coming up yeah yeah so who knows? And he looked pretty competitive uh, this week. All it takes is one of those guys to get a win, uh, maybe two guys, and you're really shaking things up in the standings. Yeah. So what did, what did you think of Rodemare? This was the first time we had raced here since 1956. I really, really, I liked it. I enjoyed the racing. Um, seemed more passable than a lot of the road courses you've been on. Might because it's four miles or whatever. Um, and to me, it makes more sense than the Daytona Roval. People already like the two races that are on the Daytona Oval. So why does Daytona need a third race? I put a question mark there. I also like Mid-Ohio too. And IndyCar was at Mid-Ohio this week and they had huge crowds there. And this to me, uh, I, I taught myself as an ad wizard. I was just thinking about 
what they need to do is package NASCAR one year needs to run Road America, which gets you Wisconsin, and that same year run Kentucky Speedway. So that gets you to Ohio, Kentucky. And then they flip in the next year, run Mid-Ohio and the Milwaukee Mile, which they haven't been to since 2009. So that gives you Wisconsin, and you're getting Midwest because there's not much racing going on, especially with uh, Chicago land not having a race anymore. That gets you back into the Midwest. They showed Midwest people like NASCAR. That, that crowd was huge. And the racing apparently is, at sh- is shitty at Indianapolis. Like uh, back in 94, God, we got to get to Indy. NASCAR belongs in Indy. And now you're like, oh, Indy sucks. Let's run on a <laughs> shitty road course out in Indy. But, you know, I don't know if anyone at NASCAR is listening. I leave messages and stuff. But how do you do you like that idea? I do. Because it's going to, especially if you pair it with the Indy race, you're kind of getting the Memorial Day aspect where you have the Indy 500 and then the Coca Cola 600. I mean, it's a pretty yeah. holiday race. And I, I like it. Well, and I but like to me, to, to me, July 4th weekend, it should be raced at Daytona. Well, I mean, that's for someone else to decide. I'm just a traditionalist, but I like your idea it's, too. But I'm it's just, hotter. Than, isn't it hotter than balls? And you're talking about well, it's always ass. it's always a night race in the summer. It's still hot. It's still swamp ass balls. Swamp ass. Well, it's but, 90 degrees in Wisconsin, so still yeah, hot. Nah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I like your idea. My idea sucked. Yours was good. But I thought but, Road America was good too. It took me a while to kind of like really figure out where they were, like what was going to happen next. Like they have oh, yeah. a graphic that looks like the flexing arm and <laughs> yeah. it showed you like the roadmap. But I mean, I'm not staring at the damn graphic the whole race. But once you kind of figured out, okay, this is where they're at, like this turn's coming up, then I'm like, all right, I could get used to it. Yeah. And to me, a lot of these, I think you build up more. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the marketing's wrong on this, but. To me, going there every other year, you build up that suspense every other year. And I think Indy, they should run it at uh, Indianapolis 500, whatever the hell they call that track, the Oval, once every four years. Make it like the fucking Olympics. And it'll hey, be language. Make, what? No, that's trademarked by the Olympics. <laughs> like, you can't open a restaurant called the effing Olympics. Um, but... I think it builds up because apparently it got old. I, I, to me, it wasn't old, but to everyone else, it got old. Um, so I don't know. That's the thing. I, I love Road America, but I don't want in 10 years, all oh, Road America sucks. Yeah. Like, it, I don't want it to wear out, which. Well, I think um, there's something to be t- uh, said about, you know, switching the schedule up just so it doesn't become mundane a little bit. Like, you're always going to have the Daytona 500, the first race maybe daytona again on july 4th but other than that you could switch things up well and to me like i like road course racing on road courses i mentioned get rid of daytona roval get rid of charlotte roval there's people in utah that would like to watch nascar and there's a beautiful place out like outside of salt lake city the uh i think it's called the utah motorsports something or other like they would have to put some work into it but how badass would a, a NASCAR race be there with the mountains behind you and the people would come to it. If you only go there once every other year, people will go to it and fill the effing place up. And then you're bringing NASCAR somewhere other than Charlotte where it's already beaten like a dead horse. All right. So Thomas given his hot takes on road America. We both enjoyed it. Uh, hope you guys did 
to next week. We are heading to Knoxville, Iowa for the truck race and Atlanta for the Xfinity and Cup races. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Loose Lug Nuts Pod or on Instagram at Loose Lug Nuts Podcast. We do have a very, very, very special episode coming out tomorrow. We had the chance to sit down with Starcom Racing's Quinn Hauf. This is our first active cup driver that we've had on the show. Uh, great interview. I really enjoyed it. I know, Thomas, you did too. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, we're uh, doing big things here. And uh, this week, pretty uh, excited about Knoxville. We might finally get to see Jessica Friesen race. You know, free Jessica Friesen. Yeah. She was supposed to race in Bristol, and then they didn't let him qualify, and then she got screwed because of the qualifying matrix. Um, free Jessica Friesen. All right, so we will be back uh, again Wednesday with a special interview with Quinn Half, and then we will come back on Friday to preview the three races coming up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a great week. We will see you later. I grew up in Texas where football was my game. Until that racing fever started burning in my brain I started running many stops when I was 13 And won a short track championship when I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde and he built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hill and Strillin Company We ran in five Grand Nationals when I was 17 My Talladega big dream. Thank you for the ride, Harry Hyde. And I'm glad I had granddaddy on my side. You've given me my wings, now it's up to me to fly. Thank you for the ride, Harry Hyde. Now some may say that Lady Luck has given me the brakes. I must admit she smiled a bit, but it's me that runs the race. Now you can't be a champion due to luck or circumstance. I'll do the best I can for those who've given me the chance. Thank you for the ride, Harry High. And now I've got some others on my side. You've given me my wings, now it's up to me to fly. Thank you for the ride.